America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 136 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it is finally me, the Lone Vault Wanderer. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, we simply can't get us three together. We just... <laughs> This week, Carrick's got a wicked headache, so yeah. His uh, words. fearsome threesome, just not not yet united. I'm hoping next week, <laughs> all three of us can get together, Yeah, but uh, for now, it's just going to be Lone and I. It's going to be another two-man show. We hope you guys enjoy the uh, the good old days like we used to do, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, for those who are new here, uh, be sure to check out the Patreon if you want early access to the podcast. You can also become a guest. We also have timestamps in the description for you to skip to whatever segment of the show you want. Um, and there's also social media handles for all the respective ones you see on screen here for the voices you're going to be hearing. And lastly, oh yeah, um, mobile links for those who are listening on the go. Once again, and I've emphasized this multiple times, but a lot of people wonder, well, where's the iTunes? Where's the Google Play? I, I literally, as soon as this is done, I put up early access. That's instant because it's through SoundCloud. And then I upload it onto the server for iTunes. And then... Whenever iTunes decides that week, if they do decide that week, because last week's episode isn't even up yet, um, then they post it. So for those who listen on the go, um, I'm not saying this in a money-grabbing way, but that's why I always suggest people to just do the $1 donation on Patreon, because not only do you help the channel, but you get that guaranteed early access and consistent mobile listening for the podcast, which I know a lot of you guys just come to the channel for exclusively. So yeah, anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about what dominated the news week, and that is the Game Awards. Jeff Keighley hosted, and let's start off with, do you think he did a good job? I, I really think he did. Um, mm-hmm. I know that, I think from memory, the first Game Awards, because it was so much better than VGX, everyone was like, yeah, this is pretty good. And then the second and third kind of, was they were okay. I think they got progressively a little bit worse, but I think this year he's really turned it around. Like, the orchestra was killing it. All damn night. I, th- I remember one Game Awards. He had just just really random artist. Like it, it was a DJ. Do, do you remember what like, who he was? No. It was really underwhelming. But anyways, beside the point. That orchestra, you know, really kept me entertained throughout the night. Um, it was video game themed, which is really quite fitting. But in terms overall of, of the awards, it was nicely paced. Yeah, there were uh, were a lot of ads, but that's to be expected. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a three-hour-plus show. I don't know what people yeah. were expecting with that. I'm not complaining about the ads, personally. No, no. I mean, it just you know, it felt like a TV show, so I was like, yeah, whatever, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, I guess the only thing that I will say about the ads is that there were a lot of repeats. Um, yeah, like, like a lot of... Hydro. Shik Hydro. Or even, not even Shik Hydro, but there was like five Warframe trailers and a ton of Rocket mm-hmm. League trailers. So, um, But aside from that, I thought it was pretty good, and I think this is like... Uh, collectively being honest i think everyone views this as like the game awards show i mean no one like from my experience anyways no one views an ign's game awards or you know GameSpot game of the awards as they do this this is like this is effectively pardon the pun this is the oscars 
for, for the games industry, and we can talk about uh, that. But fuck, that was awesome. <laughs> yes, it so was. We might as well just start off with that because what we're going to be doing, folks, is talking about the award winners, talking about what game reveals we saw that caught our eye, caught our attention. And uh, we're just going to go moment to moment with whatever pops into our head. So we'll, we'll talk about Joseph Ferris first. He was, I was, he was crying. The so was Holy I. Holy shit. Because uh, for me, like my friends and I were all sitting there. And it's like he's just going off. And I think to myself, <laughs> like there's no way it gets – you could see the discomfort, but yet like the, the winning on the inside of Jeff Keighley. Oh, Jeff Keighley was he, kind of pissed. Yeah, but like when he flips off the camera, I'm like, oh, my God. He actually just did that. I, I couldn't believe it, but I mean, like, he was allowed to do that, because Jeff was like, go for you it. You can swear, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was like, it was like, I compared it to someone saying, like, hey, man, can I use your bathroom? And then you go, like, yeah, of course, and then he just blows it the fuck up, and your house reeks for a whole day. Like, that's what I, I took that as. He's like, yeah, yeah. you can curse thinking he's gonna say, like, oh, this, this, you know, is ass or something like that, and he's like, no, fuck the Oscars, fuck this bullshit, yeah, flips yeah. off the camera. But you know what they say, like, bad publicity is good publicity. I mean, how much more is everyone talking about the Game Awards because of that segment? And even the Game Awards Twitter account and even Jeff Keighley's Twitter account was tweeting those segments So and retweeting Mm. the videos. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Like, in terms of professionalism, it was a fucking complete train wreck. Yeah. And, And I think everyone deep down admits that, but it was still so funny that this came from the creator of Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. That's that's, that's that's what surprised me. I saw your tweet. I'm like, that is such a deep, deep genuine game. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say one that touched you in a special way, and yeah. then you got the creator up there flipping Fuck off the, the Oscars. <laughs> it was great. I, he, he had this like Lebanese accent because I grew yeah. up with a lot of Lebanese friends. It was so funny. I was like back in my family. <laughs> yeah, he 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 was a, a work of art because I. He, were, he like, embodied the games industry because you see some yeah. professionalism following the norm in other forms of entertainment. Yeah. And you've got the gamers to decide, which are, like, yeah, we're going to curse during our award show. We're going to, yeah. like, stuff like that you'll see. You know, there wasn't many, uh, in my opinion, and I've become immune to this, but no. just cringe moments. I, I didn't really. There was have... one where I, Justine, for the best student game, said best student film. That was probably the oh. one of the biggest fuck ups, and like I had to Ooh. double take and think, did she just say best student film at a game award show? And I oh. thought, oh, it's like a VR game film thing, but no, she just stuffed up. Oh. Yeah, Ooh, that sucks. But, that was a bit cringeworthy. Yeah, I'd say if there was one like moment, I was like, oh boy, it was when the the guy came out and like pulled the Zelda sword out. Oh, the, but the Nintendo always does, and he just like did shit. the cut and was like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I was I was used to it, but I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. All the new new fans coming in were like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> but, but we got a new DLC for Zelda. It's great. I know. I really that was one of the things that stuck out to me. Champions Ballad looks awesome. It's mm. before Link falls asleep for a hundred. Yeah, years. that's the only thing. I, I was hoping it was going to be a um, a sequel per se, but it's a prequel, and, and that's fine. You know, we we get to find out a little bit more what happened before Link fell asleep. Um, but yeah, no, that it was cringy, but I, I still really liked it. <laughs> trying to think what else they had like, the bike for zelda the bu- too. Oh, oh i cannot wait i think I that's thought, the end prize they said available too. now at the end of that i thought like champions valley was available so i like fire up my switch i'm like where the fuck is it and it's like not available because oh. it's just the bike it, uh, so, uh, quick side I note i'm focused. i was downloading it last night on my switch the switch has really slow download speeds i don't know why 
but it does. Anyways, Something with mobile things like the the Vita and the 3DS, they just incredibly slow. I had to whenever I want to download something on my Switch or my Vita, I have to lay it out in my living yeah. room and yeah. just put it near the router. Absolutely. Um, but what I guess we can go through some of the big announcements and then we can get to the awards. But yeah, uh, talking about Bayonetta three being on the Switch exclusively, that's a huge win. <laughs> that and is I huge. I haven't even played Bayonetta one and two, but now I can on the Switch. So that I think. One of the, the issues that I've had with the Switch is when ports come or will come, like with Wolfenstein 2, for instance, um, or even like the Dragon Ball Z games, is that the pre- previous games aren't there. So if you have people completely new to those games, they can't really play them necessarily. At least yeah. with Bayonetta, they're like, all right, one, two, three, boof. You've got them all. That's it. So I thought that was really Yeah, cool. the, the other issue I have with the Switch when it comes to those older games is usually there's already for a while, too, been a definitive version. That's out there. That's performing better, looks better, and everything. Um, where it's not worth that weight, aside from portability, which some people just end up not caring about. Uh, that was one of the Wii U's biggest downfalls. But seeing that, yes, they're bringing back one, two, and they're adding three to the mix now. I, I mean, I bought a Wii U for Bayonetta two. That that game nice. is spectacular, and, and so those who are going to be playing Bayonetta two for the first time, because I know a lot of people are picking up Switches, especially this holiday season, know that. The these are must play action titles, especially after okay. and and Platinum said it themselves. Square said it said it themselves. Like Nier Automata saved Platinum games, so I really think that these are games that need to be supported for yeah. a company as unique as Platinum Games to live on. But also because they're they're damn good. They're mm. such great. What, games. what about the first one? Do you recommend just playing that for yeah. second? Yeah, yeah. Cool. first one's good. First, I love the second one. I think it's better in every way. But it's because it's, it's a true sequel. It, it took advantage yep. of the new technology. It moved things forward, um, mm. and, and it was overall just a, a very good game. But what's great is is that this is. I thought Reggie wasn't going to announce Bayonetta three. I thought he was going to announce a Smash port. I'm not going. Yeah, lie. I was but surprised. He was like, like he shoot, I, she showed more Bayonetta <laughs> footage, and I'm like, wait a minute, is this the same shit? But no. His, face i don't know if you you caught on to it when he was like you think i came out here for just one announcement and they, <laughs> like showed it right his face and he just had the straightest most stern look i've seen in a while he's just like motherfucker what Fuck like jeff keely how dare I, I, you? I love reggie i love yeah. this guy he you know he just shows so much passion so that was a that was a good announcement i mean nintendo killed it they had a what was the other announcement they had that I was geeking out about? Uh, it wasn't just... It was... So they had the yeah. DLC for Zelda, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think that might have just been a the Zelda DLC. And... I don't know if they had anything else. I'm trying to remember. No, I don't think... Oh, don't think uh, no? no? I think that's about it, yeah. Because I, I think it was the Zelda DLC, but that, that slipped my mind pretty fucking fast. Um, are you a Soul Calibur fan? No, no. I saw that. Not I'm like... Soul Calibur 2. With Link on the GameCube. Oh. Well, okay... The thing is, when I played the GameCube, I borrowed it off of my brother's friend. So I was, I kind of skipped that little generation. So I played okay. Wind Waker and, and Super Mario Sunshine, and that's about it. Okay. Yeah, see, for me, uh, it's by the same people who made Tekken 7. Tekken 7 is one of my game of the years. I, I okay. love it because I, I love me a good fighting game. And I didn't get that really from, uh, from Injustice 2 like I wanted to. I wasn't as okay. crazy about that game. Um, although I'm really looking forward to the Danger Turtle DLC for that. But um, I, I didn't get quite what I was looking for in the terms of an actual fighting game. And so yeah, yeah. once they restored confidence in making, or, not that they've been making bad fighting games, but they just reminded me like, wow, they, they do make really good fighting games. And now I was wondering a week ago, I don't know if it was on the show with Carrick or not, but I know for a fact that I was talking about it in GameStop with a friend. I was like, dude, where is 
Soul Calibur. Yeah. Like, fuck, dude. Like, I remember that series. And it's been so long since the fifth one, and now they're they're finally doing a, a sixth entry, and I'm so excited, especially because of the guest characters. They always pick awesome ones. Like, they did Yoda, Darth Vader, Ezio. They did... Uh, how, how did they get all the, the rights for these characters? They're just... Fucking now. Okay. Go, game, game companies are so much more uh, flexible with the use of their characters than obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do wonder who they could pick. I mean, who's been popular in entertainment recently? But when they picked, I think, Ezio for Soul Calibur Five, like, was that at a time where Assassin's Creed was booming? I don't think so. I mean, right now they could pick Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn or... That's what I was thinking. It's yeah. going to be respective console mascots yeah like a like an aloy like a uh, nathan or, or like a, a car from forza or some shit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i was just thinking wait what uh, master chief maybe that actually the, the be driver cool. the generic driver with a helmet on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that'd be <laughs> awesome but yeah so soul caliber six how about a, how about a, a game that actually caught your attention though which fire looked fucking awesome yes um from the creators of bulletstorm and i've seen a lot of bulletstorm footage and i've played a bit of it but i've never finished it and it's always been on my list I want to get into that, and because mm-hmm. it's Bulletstorm, I think it's going to be Gearbox published. I don't know. Um, I didn't. We didn't get confirmation, but it looked really, really cool. I'm actually looking at the the footage again now. Um, oh, it looks Did you, beautiful. Was this just me? Yeah. Look at the beat. Since you're watching the footage too, this is perfect. When yep. you look at the the opening moments where he's walking around, uh, no yep. guns. Yep. Does that not like remind you of an Elder Scrolls game? Was it just me, like an updated? You know what it reminds me Bethesda of? That's the game studio's title. Like, it reminds me of a, like a Lord of the Rings game. That you know too. what I mean? Like, Even though we haven't I, had like kind of Shadow of War, maybe. Yeah. But. but but something about it. I don't know if it was the way the the architecture was or something like. Yeah, I, yeah. I just I looked at it and I was like, why is this remind? I knew it wasn't a BGS game because I, I hate to say it, but like. It, it was too pretty to be one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Unless they completely had overhauled their engine. But I looked at it, I was like, fuck, this reminds me of it so much. But yeah, it's it's going to clearly be a real balls-to-the-wall action title. That was one that caught my attention. Yeah. When did they say that was coming? 2018? Uh, they said... I don't think they actually announced a... Because there's no release date at the end of the trailer, unfortunately. Oh, then, <clears throat> then there's no way there's a, a window yeah. yet, so... No, nah, but it, it looked it looked early. It it looked it looked really cool though. Um, just oh, the yeah. aesthetic and the. Uh, I'm a sucker for shooters. I really love sh- my shooters. So no, that looked yeah. fucking awesome. And then probably, the one after that was what was it? Is like into the, Valley of the Gods. It just looked cool. I see. I wasn't crazy about that. Like that was oh, really? the only announcement during the show. Like I, he didn't do it at all the entire show except for that one announcement. But Jeff okay. usually does like a this is a special announcement and it's. It's like he hypes it up so much that it ends up not feeling that special. And that was one game that he was like, this is really a special one that will take your breath away. And I was watching. I was like, I. Yeah, Je- I Jeff Kill is like that. He even leading Absolutely. up to the to the game event, you, you would have thought that like, I don't know, like a Marvel versus DC awesome super game was coming or like mm-hmm. something crazy, um, which wasn't yeah. really the case. Yeah, but, you know, what was there was, I, I thought, really good. I mean, I was surprised. A lot of big games were announced. It wasn't just, you yeah. know, usually you got, like, three big ones, and then the rest are kind of, 
all right, this is cool, but like this time around, they they really they hit some home runs. Well, running through the list, just so we don't miss anything. I mean, so you had World War Z game coming along the way, Vacation Simulator. Um, what from was the so- VR title where it, it started off the trailer is like really super serious? They're like the king is dead, uh-huh. and then like some head popped out and and just started cursing his mind off, and it was just so M rated. Like he he flipped over a magazine, it was a bunch of nudes. Stuff like that. That was that was a VR game that really caught my attention. It was by I think Alchemy or something like that. Alch was it was it Alchemy? I'm trying to maybe maybe not. Yeah, I have there were so many announcements and stuff, man. It was hard to keep track of. I actually think that this Kotaku article has missed some, to be honest. Um, but okay, this is one that I got. We we got to talk about this, Maddie. Okay, because okay. I know, like, I was watching this, and I was like that meme where the guy's just like, "What the fuck." Mm. Death Stranding. What was going on in that game trailer? There's only been a Explain couple of things I, I've seen online that have put together a small, small picture. Kojima said, we hope you enjoyed the trailer. And there's um, some clues, right? And that, yeah, there's some clues if you look at the old one and look at the new one. In the old one, you saw Norman Reedus' ass and in front of him was the land. And then in the new one, he stood there at the end of the trailer, and there was a big crater. Right. He mentioned in the trailer that like a bomb had fell or something yeah. like that, uh, changing all life around him. I, I don't have the exact quote. I could so, fall out all over again. I was going to say, my <laughs> guess is that something blew up, and it drastically changed the world. I mean, it seemed like these creatures were coming in and out of different dimensions because like, they'd have to be completely silent so the creature wouldn't recognize them. They could be standing there out in the open, but they just have to be quiet. Okay. And maybe my Uh, guess is, and this is complete speculation, the whole baby thing could be, like, a baby from the original world that's pure and and mm -hmm. shit like that isn't tainted. I don't know. It's just... It was Someone so speculated, and that's what's amazing about the speculation around this game is you're seeing all kinds of ideas. Someone said that perhaps this is a world where, where there aren't any women, and th- and this is like the last female. Last I was like, female baby, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I was like, okay, you know, kind of like the you're starting over again, and and Norman Reedus, I think his name is Sam in game, yeah. has to you know protect this baby and, and nurture it and did, bring it. Did you, did you see Norman Reedus on stage? He's like, man, you, you're so just you know crazy and, and intelligent and i'm so <laughs> proud to be working with you what the fuck is going on in that trailer man <laughs> yeah he's just like i have could someone online explain that to me it's, it's like kojima just put him in front of a green screen so just just do this all right make him do this and he has no idea what's going on that's the thing i i really think he did i think they would just direct him like here's what you got to do and, uh-huh. and norman reedus being a great actor would do that just thing. do it and and after that, boom, he'd see the trailer and go, what the fuck am I even in? Oh, dude. Uh, how do, like, how do you tell your family about that? I'm in this game, I think. <laughs> I, think what, I think that's what it is, yeah. It could and be like a, a game is, film, is, maybe. Yeah. I, I was asking my friends, and we can't put our finger on, what kind of game is this going to be like? Is it going to be open world? Stealth? Know. You know, is it going to be anything like Metal Gear? I, I don't know if that's just Kojima's DNA or if that's... yeah. He wants to try something new with this series. Is it going to be just predominantly story? Like, that's the one thing I'm struggling to put together. Like, okay, you're carrying around a baby, so... So what? Yeah, yeah. Game and, and it wasn't like? just Norman Reedus' character. It was, it was also, um, what's his face's character? The the director. Why is his name slipping my mind? You know who I'm oh, talking about. 
Guillermo, Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, that's Dang, right. God, can't say so, his first name sometimes. Yeah, he, he, he's in the game as well. So what involvement he has, no and idea. Mads Mikkelsen. He, he, and Mads Mikkelsen, right? So Guillermo was also holding Same. the baby. Mads Mikkelsen, is he the the end? I don't know if he's the antagonist because then you had those crazy monster thingies that were attacking. That yeah. were in, like they, they were invisible. This is the one weird thing about the trailer that that got to me. So he's like, "Don't breathe, don't move, right?" Mm. And then don't make any sounds. And these things are walking pa- past them. And that little fucking tail robot is going ding, 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 ding. Like yeah. it's making so much noise. How are they not noticing them? It was weird. That that's the one thing I, I can't put together. I mean, I just say this as someone who. I liked Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, I really enjoyed Four. Three was I know Three is a lot of people's favorites. It, it didn't really yeah. I, I didn't enjoy it as much, but Two is my favorite. Uh, but like, f- this is just a genuinely intriguing game. Like, there's just something yeah. about it I want to learn more. Whereas with Metal Gear Solid Five, I was like, all right, like it's it's Kojima's last game with Konami. Like, no, I, I'm not going to treat it like a whatever situation because a lot more was going on underneath that than just his game. And that's why I supported it. But, um, you know, w- with this one, you know, you can see he's revitalized. He's excited. And so I'm just really intrigued to see what he's going to do with, especially with Sony back in this. You know, they're oh, publishing yeah. this. So. I mean, I, I think everyone is, 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 they're kind of of the same mind. They're, they're seeing, you know, a revitalized Hide- um, Hideo. I can't, can't never say that name properly. Um, and he's making the game that he wants to make. There's no, con- there seems to be, anyways, no constraints brought on by the publisher or the platform holder in this case, and he's just doing what he wants to do, and look what look at what is coming out of it. I mean, everyone's intrigued. Something. I know <laughs> I know that there are some people that, that they're kind of annoyed that there's not gameplay, and it's been like years, and like just, you know, announce the game and release, and I'm like, dude, it's going to be like four years until we get this bloody yeah, game. it's going to be a while. Yeah, yeah. So like in terms of marketing and release schedules and, and trailers and all that, he's taken the long route. And then you had like yeah. Bethesda with Fallout Four takes six months, so <laughs> he I think he loves the long route though. You can yeah. tell because he the you, you saw him instantly come out and say like, "Hope you like the gameplay. Check the old one out and, and see what you can come up with." Like he he enjoys watching fans unravel the mystery. I think before yeah. it and trying to blow their mind even after that fact. So I I personally like it. I think he's the only exception. Most people, yes, we're we're always like, okay, you know, show us the game. Let's get it out. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree, though, with a lot of people. I would have loved to see legitimate gameplay. That's what it, it's, it was in-game, but I, I would have loved to see what I'm going to be doing. Like we were saying earlier, we have no idea what kind of game yeah. this is And, and what kind of game? Like, I'm presuming it's going to be cutscene-heavy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but we don't way. know. I mean, Metal Gear has always been, that's always been a cutscene-heavy game. Well, that, like, and that's what I mean. I mean, 4. 4 yeah. had, like, a movie at the end. Holy moly. Yeah, and... and I like cutscene, like with Wolfenstein 2, for instance. I thought the mm. cutscenes were fucking awesome, and they're a nice break in between the the action. But we just don't know what that action or what that in between is going to be, like what the actual exactly. gameplay is going to be. So exactly. that's the only thing that I'm still like. I know why we don't have it, mind you, but I'm still mm. a little bit like, uh, okay, well, what's what's the deal here? So yeah, I can imagine survival elements tied into it to keep the baby alive. Like that's one thing. I, I think that would be a yeah compelling gameplay elements um i don't know man i just i struggle to think of any ideas i i'd imagine with the, the there was a pistol so i imagine we're gonna be shooting shit so it's probably gonna be like a third person shooter of some yeah. kind yeah I, i'd imagine if you're trying to sneak around these monsters it's got to be stealth focused so we can narrow that down 
But it's like, mm. if you can't make noise, then how do you detect them if they're nearby? Like, there's so many unanswered questions. That yeah, it's strange. I'm so intrigued. And, and you know it's going to get done. It's just like, when? Because I yeah. need this game. Yeah. And to be honest, man, it's probably when the PS5 is out. Really, you think? <laughs> I think so. I genuinely wow. think so. Because there's this currently talk now about Sony doing a PS5 in like two yeah, years or something. Yeah, yeah, so if this game is coming out in three years, years or whatever it is, then probably. Or an end of the generation kind of game. Yeah, that that kind of like Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is both I mean, Wii U and Switch. That's when we see the best games drop. Absolutely. I think in 2013, Absolutely. it's like, holy shit. And I don't know if we'll see as big of an explosion, but um, yeah. I'm excited to see that year, personally. We'll see. see. By the way, the game you were thinking of, Matty, is Accounting Plus. You're right. Okay. Was it by Alchemy? Was that... Um, the Rick and Morty co-creator? Uh... I don't know if they even had a dev studio, because I don't want to get names wrong because that was a very crude game and i'm i know i think alchemy were the people who did vacation uh, simulator the stanley parable designer william Hughes studio crows 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 fuck no idea i never heard of crows 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 uh, no it is crows 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 is literally the studio okay all right i apologize then great. it is crows 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 making accounting <laughs> great plus. name um, and then we had From Software tease something. Mm-hmm. Not really oh, yeah. much to say. Um, okay, well, a lot of people are saying, like, this is Bloodborne 2, and then there's that, like, group of the community that goes, this isn't Bloodborne 2. This could be something entirely new. And mm. I absolutely agree with not beating yourself to the punch and saying, like, okay, this this is absolutely what I think it is because they showed us literally, like, I think a, a bone chain kind of thing just yeah, was- with blood on it. Yeah, but I mean, when they said shadows die twice, I think that was a big giveaway. Mm. That, that that sounds like Bloodborne written all over it. Um, I mean, there have been rumors also that that FromSoft is going to be announcing um, on the fifteenth when Namdo, Namco Bandai does their conference. Mm. Uh, they said there's going to be a heavy Switch presence, and that it's it's uh, speculated that there's going to be a remastered Dark Souls one, and <sighs> there's going to be uh, there's going to be a ports to the switch for dark souls you know what know that one that remaster dark souls one needs to come to the pc i reckon i remember the last time i tried to play dark souls one on the pc and the constro- control game is all off it's like you have really? to download yeah you have to download mods and shit to fix it properly Ugh, it's not um, fun. no it's not fun at all but yeah i'm looking at the trailer now most people say it's bloodborne some people are just joking and saying it's bloodborne cart <laughs> whatever <laughs> that might look like um that that's a game that i think will be a ps5 game yeah, yeah. Because they showed nothing. And, no. And that, oh, Blood, Bloodborne is spectacular. That is still, I say it pretty often on the show, like my favorite PS exclusive at this point in time. Uh, I, I beat it three times. I, I adore everything right. about it. I love its combat. And the fact that they're continuing the series, I mean, they could have easily gone off and done another one. Um, yeah. I will say, Smidge, if, if this is Bloodborne 2, just a, a small bit of, and they couldn't, they could include this mechanic in there, but there was a rumor that FromSoft was working on a game that was focused on not uh, like what Bloodborne is, where it's about the weapons and then you have a second form of the weapons, but instead mm. it was hand-to-hand combos and, and you'd customize your own combos and stuff along those lines. Like I, I think FromSoft would make an excellent type of game like that, um, but this they could still fit into Bloodborne too. It just I don't know if it would become almost too arcadey. Yeah, but I really—that's only slightly. I wouldn't even say disappointing. Just like, oh man, that would have been cool. But who knows? It could still be in the game. Just that was a rumor, mind you. Yeah, for those fair listening. enough. Fair enough. 
do you want to go through? Because the, there's there's a few others that we haven't really covered. Um, okay. There was a way out, obviously, but we've we've seen some of that already, so I don't think yeah, there's EA's too covers. much to to cover. Um, Media molecule showed a lot. Yeah, they showed uh, their dreams game, right? That that game just needs to come out. Yeah, because it's it's been so long; it's not really gaining traction. So I think they just need to do like one of those E3 gameplay. It releases in a week or it releases tonight, yeah. kind of things. Yeah, because yeah, you had a, you had a lot. Of- some of that anyways, you, you know, people's, which developer was it was like, yeah, the game's coming out next week or something. It's going to be early access or whatever. And yeah, I'm finding those things really effective. And it was even the Zelda DLC too, where they're like, here's an awesome trailer. It's dropping tonight. It just, it yeah. pumps you up. It, it was kind of the same feeling. Because you know what you're doing after the show. People yeah, like exactly. Know what doing exactly. Next, so it was cool. like the um, E3 Fallout Shelter thing. And everyone oh, was yeah. like, oh shit, I can play Fallout Shelter yeah. tonight. <laughs> Nice. Oh, man. That was the that was the, the ultimate and you could play it tonight. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck was really yeah. Cool. Um what did you think about Bethesda's save player one segment? That was that was excellent because it's good to have a big publisher name coming out and talking about single player games and acknowledging the issue that yeah. there has been this Actually, I, I guess worry. I apologize. Yeah, the worry because it's not a problem if you like single or uh, multiplayer games. It's mm. great. Whatever game you enjoy, games are supposed to be fun. But I don't think that because one genre gets popular, that there should be a entire portion weeded out there. And I think always there will be people who like single player games. But uh, I, I think it's good that a big publisher like that stepped out. I think they took advantage of everyone was taking advantage Absolutely. of the EA muff up. Everyone. Everyone, even the, the guy that was having his game published by EA, although he kind of did it in a tricky way. But, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Joseph I, Ferris. Oh, He's just like, okay, so um, he's like, publishers you know, fuck EA, up, man. They, that's he's like, happened. publishers fuck up. I'm like, don't make excuses. You're like, you, you're you're calling them on their shit, you know, but you're just making sure they they fucking fund your game. But uh, yeah. I, I like what they did. I think it was a, a smart. I think it was a good. It was, good it was move clever. For the you know what I mean. And I think it was, it was a way too. for Bethesda to kind of get a bit of love back um, from the internet. Mm-hmm. And and I think they did that. Like if you look at people's responses, there were still a few. Oh, Creation Club, you can't talk. Blah blah blah. But there were still a few people that were like, you know what? I mean, look at Bethesda's last. I don't know however many games. That's and what I said, man. Except you know, excluding um, SO. You had Wolfenstein, you have Fallout, you have Dishonored, you have Prey. They're all single player and in most cases like narrative driven games. Doom. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm bringing up the the video right now. When did I make this video? Uh, I'm gonna find it in a second. Here we are. A month ago, I made a video saying like Bethesda's focus on purely single player titles gives me hope because they are like the only publisher that's like. With Maybe Prey, aside from Nintendo, Dishonor. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I guess, how do I say it without sending any title? But I almost expect that of Nintendo, yeah, because they—that's what I love about them, and I've grown to really appreciate. Where it was a little frustrating at first, but they're so—they have a good image of of fun, mm. you know, and they pursue that, and and that's why they have just a very unique flavor for their games. Where I almost expect that with these big publishers. Uh, I mean, Nintendo's got so much money in the bank; they're not going to go out of business. Oh, they're like, these so they need to, banked. They need to keep chasing. They need to keep chasing, chasing the dollar bills, 
And in order to do that, they need to follow a trend. So that's why, a long story short, I think that what yeah. Bethesda did was good. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, though, because I feel like I've been rambling for an hour. No, it's fine. Um, I, I thought, yeah, it was it was a clever thing that they did. Even though I still think the discussion has always been about single-player narrative-driven games, not like just single-player. I, I, I don't think we're talking about open-world games here when people are saying that these kinds of games are dying. I think they were talking about games like Bioshock, etc., um, yeah. but nevertheless, they took advantage of it. I thought it was clever. Um, the ad was kind of cringy, but still pretty funny. <laughs> um, and the fact that they made that donation to the ESA foundation and said, all these games are, are discounted. It was, it was pretty clever of them. And then they had Pete Hines talk about it. And I, and I think it was effective in getting back slightly, at least some of the, the goodwill that they might've lost through creation club. And look, yeah. if they keep making great single player games, which presumably they are, then, you know, they've done well with this. Yeah, and you imagine if they're making a video like that, I'd say it's it's safe to think that that's their mantra going forward. That Absolutely. That they're going to continue to focus yeah. on single-player games. I, I think that next year, I didn't think so this year, and, and I, was, I was so close to making a full video about it, but I knew that Starfield wasn't going to be announced this year. I suspect mm-hmm. it's going to be next year. Whatever BGS's next game is, Starfield or El- or other- otherwise. That's what I, I said. I was like, all right, guys, so it wasn't this year, but that basically means it's next year. Yeah, because exactly. it wasn't this year. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's been long enough by that point. It's been yeah. three years, so. And they, and they need that kind of central about. pillar, like a Fallout 4 for, you, for the game years past, for that conference mm-hmm. years past. They need that kind of pillar game to support the entirety of the, of the conference itself. Like, you know, Evil Within 2, Wolfenstein 2, it's not that kind of game that's going to do it. Um, no, it's clearly not, and I think they learned their lesson on that one pretty yeah, pretty quickly. Pretty ter- <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's more so that they just, I mean, it was such a short conference. It felt uninspired. I mean, we've been over it before. Yeah, we've but, been over it. You know, it's just that, yeah, they need that big game, and you can see they're kind of focusing down on giving the gamers what they want, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. So, and then there was Get the Fuck Out by the creators of Payday, which looked yeah. all right. I thought that was good. Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of the, the end where like it was a it was a co op game, but at the end you, you were like separated from your squad, traveling those caves alone. I was like, that's where that would be creepy. Yeah, because yeah. you know you're by yourself. You're like, bro, where are you right now? Where the now? fuck and, is everyone? Yeah. And you know everyone's probably gonna be like, I need to get the fuck out of here. And then uh, you know, yeah. that, screw that's you guys, like, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that's where they. Uh, they came up with the name, I imagine, while they were playing it. But I- I'm excited for that. I was happy to see that in, in World War Z because uh, we've talked on the podcast uh, uh, extensively about wanting more cooperative games. I know we were talking about Absolutely, single player games. Absolutely, yeah. Co-op needs some love, and that's one thing that we saw here. We saw yeah. two predominant co-op games. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could play by yourself, but... No, oh, yeah, it, this definitely, like Zombies and Call of Duty, this seems like the thing that you need to play with other people to get the full experience. Yeah. Oh, um, but yeah, I don't know what it was, but kind of the way the guns looked and, and shot and moved, it reminded me a little bit of the Crisis uh, gunplay, but mm. it just looked fucking awesome. And the fact that you can <laughs> you play know with what people. I thought of? What? was like the, the demos of Aliens Colonial Marine, like when it looked pretty good. Like that's yeah. what I was thinking of when watching uh, GTFO. I was like, okay. Like, all right. you know, if, if this bad. actually pans out, this could be good. If it just doesn't yeah. end up being a four out of ten and sucking balls, um, that was, I think, one of the games actually that they were like, it's available on early access soon. So, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and then you had uh, Metro Exodus. I'm oh. so excited for this game, man. Oh, um, I, I tweeted out, and um, the Metro Twitter account retweeted me. I was pretty proud. 
pretty proud yeah, of that they shit. They favorited my tweet. I was like, mm, you guys are great. You guys are they, so whoever great. whoever does the PR for them is great because they they're very community focused. Absolutely. Um, what what did you like about it though? What was the first thing that stuck out to you? It just it's everything about it, man. It first of all. I really like how this game, because when you when you look at past Metro games, a lot of the time is spent underground in the in the metros, right? And whenever you went above ground, especially with the Redux versions, it looked fucking pretty. This game, almost all of it from from memory of this trailer, it's all outside. It's all above ground, and it yep. just it it just looks so beautiful for that reason. And I, again, I remember playing Last Light, for instance. Every time you went above ground, I'm like, this game looks fucking beautiful. Can we just, like, stay above here? I don't want to yeah. go back into the metro tunnels again. And, again, like, you look at this trailer. I don't think there's one instance where, like, there's maybe a couple where you're back in a metro. But a lot of them, what you're on that train or, you know, you're above ground somewhere. It just, it's, ah, oh, I, I can't wait. I cannot wait for this game. Yeah, it, I agree. Um what I noticed was that the E3 area that we saw versus the one we saw last night in the trailer was two completely different places. We had like a, a region covered in snow, and then we had a region yep. that was more wooded, full of ruins. So Absolutely. do you think these are going to be hub areas? Possibly, yeah. And, and then you take the train from, from area to area. And it seems like mm-hmm. what, the, what the plot is is Artyom and uh, what's, what's her name? I'm losing it right now. I almost said Anya. For some, I think because of yeah, Wolfenstein. Yeah, because of Wolfenstein. But, uh, I, I'll think of I it. I want to anyway. say it's something that starts at an A. I think Anna. Anna. That's, I think that's what Anna, it is. Anna, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, just, that that feels right. But she was saying how like they're trying to go to to find more life. Presumably, I don't want to spoil the game. They're they're trying to find more people. Okay, and I mm-hmm. think they're going from area to area through this or using this train to do so. And whatever the underlying plot is, who knows? Because. As you know, with Metro Last Light, it had different endings. Um, yes. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking at the Polygon article for it. It's saying, like, everyone is gone. The world is quiet. Only a few people living in the wasteland version of Moscow. Um, so, it seems like they're just trying to get out and explore and, and find more people, which I think is awesome. Yeah. And I think that fits what we've been seeing in the trailers where it's much more open. Yeah, much more uh, exploration focused. We saw him like crouched at a campfire, which seemed mm-hmm. like survival elements, which yeah. the game has been known for to some mm-hmm. extent, but maybe a little bit heavier. Yeah, yeah. And the name um, is Metro Exodus. Like it's like they're departing Moscow yeah. and, and going True. somewhere else. Which I think um, I don't I don't know how much this is based on whatever is already written in the books. Maybe they're departing slightly. I don't know, but it's. They're branching their wings and they're going somewhere different, and, and I'm looking forward to a slightly different story. Yeah, it's um, based on 2035. They said this one. So, okay. So I don't know if I'd imagine that book's finished. So that doesn't mean that they don't have to make a good game, but the, no, 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 the story I, is basically yeah. right there. I don't want to read it then because I don't want to no. ruin it for myself. I do not either. I kind of want to read the older books. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah, how long yeah. they are, but absolutely. Um, you know, I'm I'm very excited for Metro Exodus. That that game looks spectacular. Yeah, it looks fucking awesome. I think and, that was one of the last trailers we saw before the game of the year was announced. Yeah, I'm I'm going through again. There was a Zelda DLC, and that's probably about it in terms of the announcements. So, so there was a okay. fair bit. Yeah. So now we'll talk about the highlight of the award or the highlight awards because some of them we were talking about beforehand just kind of went under the radar. They were just they All did, right, you know, yeah. like oh by the way, this one, this, this one, that, and, and they just moved on with their day. 
Yeah. Um, kind of felt I wonder if that's because I wonder if that's because those developers maybe weren't there, and so they. No, I, I have a feeling that I, I still think that there are too many awards for this show. I mean, mm. you have. I, we, I went through this in the podcast with Carrick, but best Chinese game, best debut indie game, best esports team. Like, there's so many categories. I don't know how many awards there are in total, but even a three-hour show where you need to have your ads to get your income, you need to have your entertainment for the night, some of them are going to go under the radar. And the way you get around that, in my opinion, is have less awards. But yeah, And don't have Joseph Farris taking up five minutes. <laughs> that is true. That is true. While he was great, he did take up a lot of screen time. He absolutely did. Um, but I guess we can grow through some of them. Uh, so I have the Game Awards website here. Best debut indie game. The reason why I wanted to mention this is because three out of the five games nominated were Australian-made games. I thought that's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) And then Cuphead won, obviously. I think that was the obvious winner across multiple categories. Yeah. I played that for like a night at my friend's house. I was like, okay, I get it. (laughs) I was like, this is very good. Yeah, I played it at PAX Australia a lot. And the key is you watch other people play and how they approach the bosses. And when they die and give up, then you adopt their strategies and and And, do it. Yep. I was going to say, make your own changes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think we care about best esports game, but it was Overwatch. Um, Trending gamer was Dr. Disrespect. I wasn't surprised. Nah, here was I. He's funny and really good at PUBG, I think. Yeah, yeah. Best student game was uh, an Australian student, which was great. He was like 40 years old. I laughed at that. (laughs) Expecting some teenager to walk on on the stage. Yeah, I was confused by that. I was like, is this guy, like, representing someone else? But, yeah, I guess a 40-year-old student. Uh, he was, he seemed, he was he was nervous. He was definitely one of the most nervous guys to hit that stage because he was, like, kind of shocked that the, the judges even, like, played his game, he said, during his acceptance speech. So that's that was pretty cool. That, that's why when I wonder whether they flew all of them in and no one knew who the winner was going to be, and then, you know, they're all there, and then one of them goes on stage. Like, do they only fly in the winner, and then he already knew? I don't because, know. Because, like, they're around I wonder if the they just offer to fly in only the winner and don't say anything. Poss- like, actually, that's for, a great point. Yeah, you're up for, for a nomination yeah. uh, in this award, and you might win. And it's like, surprise, you won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a speech ready just in case. You yeah, might not yeah, win. Just in but... case. Um, and then and then you had best indie game. So this is why I said about too many awards. You have best debut indie game and then best indie game, and Cuphead won both of them. Yeah, um, but that. that was out of Pyre, Nine in the Woods, uh, Hellblade, and What Remains of Edith Finch. So hmm. what do you Those reckon? Those are all such good choices. I, mean, I, good I love choices. Hellblade so much, and I, I really, really like Pyre. So I, I haven't played or beat Cuphead. I've only, or rather, I've played Cuphead for like an hour. Um mm at my friend's house but other than that like i have not touched it so i can't get much of an opinion on that but I, and you've I and you've played edith finch i haven't played that either i will I've get to things about we'll it. get to that anyways because i think it won best story um it did. here's another award that i don't think should be there um most anticipated game what's, what's yeah that? that's not really what is even award. that that's not an award that should just be like a fun poll for like <laughs> him to say in passing and what you see, like you take that out and put in like most uh, or best RPG. Like I don't know why that was a side announcement. RPGs have become insanely popular now. No, why was that something that was like? By the way, winner and best RPG was Persona Five. It's like that's a it's a big deal. It's a big category. No, I, I completely agree. Um, and then you had best multiplayer, which is PUBG. Don't think we need to go over that. 
Yeah, that's uh, pretty expected. Yeah, best uh, sports or racing game it was Forza. Um, I like how they wasn't, wasn't best sports like three different racing games and then the rest were like so yeah, it was best sports slash racing so it was Forza, Project Cars, Pez, NBA, GT Sport, and FIFA. Okay, I like how they combine those categories because they do kind of go with each other, and like half of them are EA games. <laughs> <sighs> It breaks tr- my heart. It's true, though. Um, I, I, I was being facetious, anyways. It's really not. Best strategy game: Mario and Rabbids. Maddie, hell yeah! Yes, yeah, well deserved. What was? It, what else was in that that category? XCOM, Tooth and Tail, Total War, and uh, Halo Wars Two. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'd pick Mario. Absolutely, that game was excellent. It was my game of the year. So still, all right, still, man, still. I'm Even such after a- Mario. Yeah, it's, it's such a pleasant surprise. I, I think it's for me, it's like Zelda, Mario. Sorry, Mario and Rabbids, Zelda, um, Mario Odyssey. Okay. Yeah, fuck, that was a good game. Um, best family game was Super Mario Odyssey, which I think is pretty fair. Yeah. Although, like... so good, though. Yeah, yeah. And best fighting game. You, you can talk to this. And Justice 2. Out of Tekken, Nidhogg 2, Marvel vs. Capcom, and ARMS. They're all good fighting games. I think ARMS is more of like a fun fighting game, but I mean, ARMS is hard. ARMS is really hard. I don't know if you've ever okay. played it on your I'll Switch, it. but it's like, I and maybe because I haven't played it enough, but like anytime I try to pick it up and play, it's like, you've got to be so coordinated and like just lean your punches in right. It can be tough. Is, but, it, is uh, it anything like Wii Sports Boxing? Because that no, seemed like gotta, very easy. Because what's happening is you can punch someone across the arena if you're coordinated enough, and you can angle your fist in just right. But they can nice. punch your fist back, and then your arm just dies on the floor for a sec, and then you're open for a punch unless you mm. deflect with the other fist. So it's a it's a really technical fight. Like, I heard good things about um, it's like it's game. good. Yeah, I mean, all those games I think could could have taken that award. Um, I'm not a fighting game expert. I want to clarify that, but I just don't think that. See, when I think fighting, it's like up close, close quarters combat, and no projectile bullshit. Yeah. And while I love that. the NetherRealm fighting games, every hero's got that shit. So you can blast through a fight, and yes, there are uh, roll burns you can do and shit, uh, or meter burns for the rolls that you can do to get out of certain combo spams mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. stuff, but it's the fact that it's even a worry that I think speaks volumes, um, whereas like Tekken, you know, you, you have to be technical, timing close quarters you have to defend which i'm not saying you don't have to in these other games but just for yeah, me yeah I, I definitely favor tekken I've, i haven't made that a secret so that's why I, i'm just like all right whatever you know i'd say you're not going to get an argument for me over injustice because i'm not a fighting game expert Fair I'm, just, I'm not a big fan of the title itself okay all right um and then best rpg you had persona 5 out of south park final fantasy divinity original sin and near automata is that a good win I actually, you know what's weird? For best RPG, I haven't played any of these games. Wow. Yeah. Well, I have to say, as much as I love Persona 5, yep. top top three game of the year, yep. um, and as much as I love Nier, I am very surprised that Divinity objectively did not win. Divinity okay. is absolutely on that list, the best role-playing game. Because you can have that. I mean, you can have a favorite game and then say, but you know what? It wasn't the best of this category. Yeah, absolutely. I love Persona 5, and it is a unique role-playing game in its own right because you, you choose what you do on a day-to-day basis instead of creating your own character and stats and stuff. Mm. Uh, so it, it definitely, des- I'd say, deserves the award, but 
if I was really looking at it, I'd be like Divinity Original Sin 2, because there's nothing like it nowadays. You know, that yeah. create your character, your choices matter, you have influence on your party members, you know, that there there is um I don't think there might be I don't think there's like those fail states or whatever like in old Fallout games where you get to a point where you just die no matter what. Um <sighs> but you know That's it's very traditional and it, it it's I'd say it was the most deserving personally. And it, it seems like it has the most races compared to the other games. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's literally everything. There's races. There's backstories, party members, intriguing story. Uh, like as you make choices throughout the game, the game starts kind of tailoring your decisions to your character. So you'll get like tags in certain conversations. So let's say I make a bunch of evil choices that the game recognizes, I'll start getting a villain tag on certain special dialogue options that are only available because I'm pursuing that type of playthrough. Yeah. And then characters respond in certain ways. Special circumstances happen because of those choices that only happen because of previous choices. So that's why I say, like, yeah, I think Divinity should have won that category, but I have no complaints of Persona 5 winning. Fair enough, fair enough. And then best action adventure. Zelda, Uncharted, Assassin's Creed Origins, which I'm going to start today, actually. Super Mario Mm -hmm. Odyssey and Horizon Zero Dawn. I know a lot of people were upset that Horizon Zero Dawn, I don't think it won anything. That surprised me. Like, That's not even surprising. one thing. I mean, to be honest, just from what, what I've seen, like, I don't know if I... I'm torn as to whether Zelda should should have won that category. I don't know. Um, action-adventure has always been a, an intriguing category name to me because it's yeah. like, what exactly does that constitute? Because you can fit that into like a bayonetta, a bayonetta style action game, or an adventure game, an open world adventure game. Like what? what well, and, and then they have best action about? adventure, and then best action. It's two different awards. So it just yeah, yeah. What? So I guess adventure would constitute as the open world aspect, like a Horizon, like a yeah. But you had Uncharted, um, Lost Legacy. Is that open world? No, but I'm just saying maybe that's why yeah. we're seeing Uncharted, which is a little more. It's opened up the Uncharted series. It's definitely more open levels, but uh, like you have open world like Horizon, you have open world like Zelda, but then you got some more narrowed down mm. games that are predominantly action. Um, but then you got action games, which are like action to the core, like a Wolfenstein, where despite the cutscenes, like when you're playing, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, fucking yeah. going nuts. Uh, Cuphead. So it, yeah. it's what, yeah, like I, I agree totally that, yeah, that's one of those categories that go, that you go, okay, um, What's the difference? Like, let's just combine them. Just yeah. one action adventure, not action and action adventure. Well, and, and just for the sake of it, so best action, Wolfenstein 2-1, which I think that is deserved. Um, mm-hmm. You had Prey in there. I, I, I still don't think no, that should be should have been in there. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Completely agree. That's what I said. I, was, I, I didn't even know it was nominated until I was sitting there with my friends. I was like, what the fuck is that doing there? <laughs> because Prey, like, to me, it wasn't... Stealth more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I, I didn't think it should have been there. But then you had Neo, Destiny Two, and Cuphead. Um, I'm I'm happy for Wolfenstein Two to have won that. But that being said, I've only played a little bit of Destiny Two, a little bit of Cuphead, um, and Prey and Wolfenstein Two. So what do you think? Hmm. I'm a little surprised that it wasn't Cuphead, because that's like a traditional kind of action game. We'll say. Um, mm. but if I were to have sat down and voted, I'd, I'd probably have said Neo. I just think 
that game had a, a good pace in its gameplay. Yeah. Because you had the different styles. You had a low, medium, high stance, and like high was more powerful. Medium was a mix of both, and then low was like very quick strikes. There's a lot of weapon switching. And it was like a Souls game, so there was more dodging. And I think it just demanded focus where I personally feel that would have been my pick. But yeah, Wolfenstein too, like like I was just mentioning earlier. I mean, it was just... It, you, you go insane during those gameplay segments. So oh, absolutely. Uh, with the music, it's like, all right. Like Wolfenstein 2, it... And for me, actually, the best bit about Wolfenstein 2 was the uh, cutscenes and the characters mm-hmm. and the voice acting. That shit was oh, awesome. Yeah. But, you know, the action was as gruesome as ever. Um, just like when, when you'd click to melee kill someone, you catch their oh. leg and just chop it off with an axe. It's like, holy shit, I, I cut that clean. Like, I was chopping a fucking Christmas ham. I, I always say, like, when you get that hatchet in and the, the sound is just perfect. It's just... yeah. Whoosh, you're like, yeah, fuck you, yeah, let's you do it again. You gotta wonder what they did to make that sound. Like, I've heard so many crazy stories on how they, they create certain sounds. Um, I, I reckon, like, I honestly reckon they would have got, like, a dead animal or something, put, put it next to a microphone and just, like, slammed a hatchet. Just to try and simulate that sound as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. It sounded so it realistic. Like, we've, we've heard crazy things with that type of stuff before. Like, uh, I remember... I think Microsoft said that the, the startup sound or the menu music for the original Xbox is like a NASA track backwards or yeah, yeah. And, and remixed and stuff. I was like, For, for Fallout 3, the Fire Ants was like, you know that cellophane paper, the co- different mm. colored ones? It was that being scrunched together. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was the Fire Ants. I, I love that. I love that's stories cra- like See, that. that's crazy. When you hear that, that like disables the experience. You're like, I'm hearing paper crumble and I'm believing I'm seeing fire. Right, it's it's kind of hilarious. I don't get that. Yeah, yeah, that was great. But um, and then he had best VR game. It was Res Evil Seven. I don't think we care about that. Um, yeah. Best handheld game was Metroid: Samus Returns. Haven't Just, had a chance to play that. I think yeah. it's on my Christmas list. I haven't so. played many handheld games. Although I have the Switch, so I don't know what that constitutes as. Best mo- mobile game was Monument Valley Two. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. Best ongoing game was was Overwatch against Warframe, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, GTA Online, Destiny Two, and PUBG. To be honest, I think GTA Online lost. Wow, that's exactly what I was going to say. In terms of popularity, that's undoubtedly probably the most popular. Oh yeah, I mean, especially because they announced a cool expansion for for GTA during the show, like the Doomsday Heist. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that actually looks awesome. And it's um, the one that's been there for the longest. So if you're talking about best ongoing game for a game that yeah. was released however many years ago, it has to be GTA. I, I love Overwatch, but I'd say they kind of slowed down a little bit. Yeah. They, they haven't been pumping. I mean, they just released a new hero, but yeah. I and, pay and also attention was... to it. And, and they haven't like pumped out enough, especially seasonal events-wise, that has gotten me to mm. want to come back. So. And also the weird thing for me is that if you're having a category called best ongoing game, it shouldn't be games released that year. Like, to determine if a game is really good ongoing, I think you should look at games that were out last year. So when you have PUBG that's been out for months, on the scale of months, and you, you have it in the category of best ongoing game, do you reckon mm. that's the right fit? And Destiny no. 2. Destiny 2's been out for a couple months. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't agree with either of those being there. Um, so I'm glad that here's the thing is that a lot of these award nominees could have set like really dangerous precedents, but they thank God didn't win any of their respective categories like yeah. PUBG, a game of the year that just it, it's not that it doesn't deserve it. I'm not going to get into that conversation. It's more so that 
if it won, that would have had that would have been such a big discussion on like what is a game of the year. Developers would have looked at it and said, "We don't need to finish our games to get game of the year," which mm-hmm. means more sales. Like, so I mean, I remember similar discussions were happening with Overwatch, but when it was Overwatch, I wasn't upset because I thought, no. you know what, I don't care whether it was just a multiplayer game. Overwatch was fantastic for what it was. And I think yeah. you can have, you know, just a single-player game win game of the year, just as much you can have as just a multiplayer game win game of the year. And then you have ones that have both. But yeah. I can't... Yeah, we'll get to that in game of the year discussions about mm. PUBG because I feel like some people are going to get upset. Games for Impact, Maddie. This was Hellblade that won it versus Please Knock on My Door, Nine in the Woods, Life is Strange, Bury Me, My Love, and What Remains of Edith Finch. All right, so I actually haven't played any of those except Hellblade. But I, I will say, um, Hellblade, especially its its post release focus, where they had like a special sale where where I think a quarter of the sales went towards uh, some mental health association. Yeah, that's the type of stuff that that you know touches me personally. I was like, that's mm. really genuine, especially because even this is before they announced that they had exceeded their expectations for sales and, and that the game was officially a real success and making a profit um, yeah yeah you know so to see them donating like that they they truly believed in their cause and i thought they had one of the best speeches on the stage where um you know he talked about saying we, we worry about multiplayer games and where things are going but there's still people like us who Absolutely. we decide at the end of the day where games go and what they do so you and because know, I haven't have played worry. it, uh, I, I want to ask, like, does the main story involve a lot of mental health issues? I'm assuming it does. Um, it, it's, re- it's less of... How do I word it? it? It's more about watching someone go through those struggles and having moments where you're like, what's real? What's fake? Okay. The, the, main, the main character has psychosis. So it's like a, uh... an issue where, you know, what she had... And, and it's how people in her village and where she was brought up, how they treated her and, and the life she's in now. And what you see is a lot of crazy shit. And you're like, is this actually happening? Cause mm. I believe it's happening, but is it because it's her going through one of her things or is it, is it real? So you get all your answers by the end. And uh, it was one of those games that I'll admit once I finished, I, I had a good idea, but I had to look up like an ending explanation. Cause yeah. it's a very impactful story and you, you really want to get the, because mm. I know you say when you beat it, you, you usually when you beat a game, you go, okay, I want to look up the ending. Get Just want to bring idea. it all together in my head. Exactly. And, and usually I'm, I'm too fucking stubborn to be like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to fucking do this myself. So uh, this time I broke down. I was like, I got to I got to get it all. Yeah, so. yeah. And and knowing that, like, again, I haven't played the game, but I will say that I have played What Remains of Edith Finch. And I think that Hellblade probably should have got up on it because when we're talking about games for impact, the description is for a thought-provoking game with a profound pro-social meaning or message. I don't think What Remains of Edith Finch really had that. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but essentially it's this girl that goes back to her family home and sees what happened to all of her family members. It, It just, to me, it didn't, like it was great storytelling and we'll get to that category. But I don't think it kind of had like I didn't walk away from that and think, oh wow, you know they really nailed the tough tough issue of mental health or whatever it is. It was just kind of like an interesting story to me. Um, okay, but I'm sure someone will disagree with me. And then of course this is the thing that I want to talk about. You had Melina Jurgens win best performance in Hellblade. She wasn't an actor. That surprised no, the shit out of me. My friend, 
Holy you were kind fuck. of laughing because we're like, that's kind of a smack in the face to a lot of actors because some people bust their ass all careers, and the person who wins the award this year is someone who has acted. She was a video editor. Time. Yeah, but she, you know what? She fucking killed her role. Yeah. Honestly, if, if we're being objective, like, I, and we're really taking that into account, which I don't think matters because she was a good actress. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, man. She was very good at what she did, and she's going to get more roles because of it. Absolutely. Um, but, like, I, I thought it was going to be, uh, I think his name is Brian Bloom, who did. BJ well, Blaskovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that personally would have would have been an easy pick, but I I don't have any issues with Melissa winning. She was excellent in Hellblade. Um, yeah, because I I am big on actors and actresses who sell emotion in a in a physical manner. Um, like I, I talk about this all the time. Charlie Cox and Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched it on Netflix? No. Okay, I won't. Spo- this isn't spoiling anything, but he. This is going to sound crazy when I say it, but allow me to explain. He acts blind. Daredevil's blind, but... I've watched The Defenders, though. I know what you mean. Okay, so you know what I mean when he looks at someone, he's, like, looking at them, but through them. Through them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you can see... You feel like he's... He's obviously not blind, but you can feel like he's blind. And uh, the way that uh, Melissa sold, like, the distress, the confusion, the, the love, the... All these different emotions that happened, she was really fucking good. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it's know, something similar was um, I don't know if you like Vikings, but in Vikings they have a character that's a cripple. That's what they refer okay. to him as, and um, he obviously in real life he is not. His name is Ivar the Boneless, but the way he acts to kind of show like that he, that he can't use his legs or anything like that, it's like you, you would think that he was like that from the you know in his real life from the moment he was born. Wow. Such brilliant acting this fucking character man exactly it's like it's above the performance and the emotion it's like they sell the character in in full yeah which not a lot of people can do and and i want to say though brian bloom wolfenstein 2 i don't know if i'd have him there i'd actually have some of the side characters in wolfenstein 2 as best performance i don't yeah i I thought i see i think it's good that they put pick bj because he had like those moments of like satire he had those real serious moments uh, and you had those times where he was like i won't spoil too much but where they're all yeah. fucking hammered on the boat like yeah, yeah, yeah. those types of scenes that are amazing so yep, it's a ride enough. i feel so i i just reckon all the characters in that game are just brilliant oh um, gosh yeah it's best, easily the best acted game of this year yeah easily yeah best audio design hellblade 1 versus destiny 2 res evil 7 zelda and super mario odyssey um, I don't know, man. I, I thought Resident Evil Seven did had pretty good audio. The thing is that there isn't HUD in Hellblade, so when you're about to get attacked, you have to hear it. Okay, and it's a really it's a gripping audio experience because it, it's like a whole other dimension mm. of the game. Uh, a lot of what guides you is a, is because you have psychosis. It's almost like a voice in your head, and mm. so. It's all. It's really heavily audio driven. So okay, I absolutely, I am happy that game won audio. Yeah, I'm like, so happy. I, I'm, 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 I'm just a bit iffy on Super Mario Odyssey. I, I don't know if that's the kind of game that I play and I'm like, yeah, it had really good audio. It, it had fun soundtracks, but I don't I think love it had the soundtrack. I love game. the soundtracks, mind you, but I don't think it had like the best soundtracks ever. Dude, best track was the one where you're underwater in the. Uh, in the in the vacation beach looking yeah, world. yeah 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 dude 
That is like the most peaceful track. I oh man, I fucking love that one. Like I literally was playing and then I I just put my switch down and just laid in bed and listened for a little bit and just went on my phone. Yeah. I was like, this is so good. And the best bits about Super Mario Odyssey is when you listen to the soundtrack and you go into the two D world and the soundtrack turns <laughs> digital. It is fucking awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, the one thing I will say. I want to choke you right now, bro. I've been telling you, play near. And that's why <laughs> they fucking do that. They, you love that so much. They fucking do that. Is is it enough to make me play a game though? No, I got I got a list, yes, Maddie. It's I... that good. They do it more, and it's <laughs> it's a way better soundtrack. That's why near one best okay. soundtrack, baby. Mm. Fair enough. Fuck fair yeah. enough. Um, Fuck yeah. Well, there you go. So best score in music out of Destiny Two, Cuphead, Zelda, Sumire Odyssey, and Persona Five. It was near. Um, there are so many fucking awards, aren't there? Best Art Direction, Cuphead won. I don't know why Destiny 2 is in Best Art Direction, but you had Zelda, Persona 5, and, and Horizon Zero Dawn. I think that's the easy, easy winner there, mm-hmm. is Cuphead. Like the, if, if you watch the making of videos for Cuphead, the way, like the passion that they put into their work and their right. perspective on why they had to hand draw everything, I mean, you, you can't not give like, it to anyone else. I almost have to say... This is one of those situations where I go like, dude, I just have to show you a picture of this game, and then yeah. that's it. It's over. Yeah, it's all you got to do. It's like so that it's game straight out. Like, when that uh, it was one, just one random YouTuber had played it on like an old CRT TV. It literally looks really? straight out of the 1940s. Like I bet a, it looked amazing on the TV too, right? Oh, absolutely. Like it, it's like a Mickey yeah, Mouse that's, cartoon. <laughs> that's awesome. I gotta look that up. Yeah, no, it, it's really, really good. Um, best narrative. So this is where we get to talk about what remains of Edith Finch, that one, out of Near Hellblade, Wolfenstein 2, and Horizon Zero Dawn. What remains of Edith Finch? If you haven't played it, I highly recommend it. It's a two or three hour long game, so it's not that long. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it too much. If you are worried, stop listening for like 10 seconds. Um, but essentially, it's this uh, girl that goes back to her family home and tries to find out what happened to all of her family. They, they all have passed away that's all i'll say and it's it's just like the way that the game tells you what happened and the reason why it happened it it's not like the most i don't know innovative story or or anything like that but the way it's told and and it's kind of like certain chapters where you, you find out what happened oh man it's just it's really really greatly told and then you get okay. to the end and it's not even a cliffhanger, but you, you I can't explain. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. It's it's like three hours, so play it. It's probably really cheap. I highly recommend that. What do you, What do you think about this award category, Maddie? Uh, I mean, what, what else was there? We had near, um, near, okay, Hellblade. I think I know my pick. <laughs> Hellblade, Wolfenstein, and, and Horizon. Um. Yeah, Hellblade was a good pick. I, I like Nier a lot because Nier changed a lot of storytelling for me because I liked how you could see there was an end goal from the start. Mm-hmm. And, and and even in interviews with Yoko Taro, he says he built the story backwards. So he had like the ending in mind. And he was like, okay, I'm going to build back from that. How am I going to make it impactful? Uh, the way it was told over the course of... I wouldn't say three playthroughs. That almost sounds tedious. But the way it was told over the course of three different sections in the game... Yeah, it was like you know your first playthrough, then basically new game plus, then the third arc was this whole new title. Um, so yeah, I, I really think that um, that would have been my pick, but 
I don't know much about uh, the other one that won. I forgot the name of it right now. Where uh, Edith Finch. Yeah, so I, that one, not too sure about. So you should I, play, I'd have to play it. Like, if you one, have though, one night free, one. just just do it. I mean, it's yeah, kind of like again, like Brothers or or something like that, or Soma or something. Um, best game direction. Here's where I disagree, and I disagree. I agree with this game, Zelda, as game of the year. But I disagree in terms of best game direction. So there was Zelda, Wolfenstein 2, Res Evil 7, Super Mario, and Horizon Zero Dawn. I played four out of five, so that's not bad. I thought Wolfenstein 2 had the best game direction. That's my opinion. What do you reckon? Zelda or? Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I'd say Breath of the Wild because okay. I, I, I think the best part about the game direction was making it so open to player creativity that it mm. turns out to have the best direction because you, you see so many moments online like when uh, a player connected, you know, like you sometimes have to get the electricity from one area to the other and like, yeah. the player just dropped a ton of weapons thinking like, we'll see if this works and it and turns it out that it actually served Fucking as a conduit. Beautiful. Like, you know, stuff like that, that, that uh, dynamic shrines that you stumble upon, like there was one in the open world where you had to like throw a ball into like the top of each totem and it lifted up a shrine and there's another puzzle on the inside yeah. and it all just happened dynamically. Uh, yeah. When you like climb up to the top of the mountain, all of a sudden like one of these dragon things start flying around you have to like take it down and shoot the arrows off, uh, shoot the, forgot the name of it. Uh, what's the name of like that dark matter that's on the creatures from Ganondorf? Oh, um, it's been so a long. a specific name for it, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. You shoot the, the, the whatever off of them with your arrows and like all of a sudden the, the region changes a little bit. So different things like that really uh, is what, what sells me on uh, a really excellent game direction for that because there's so okay. much to it. There's so many different things. There's kind of survival aspects. It's cooking. I mean, it's just, there's a lot into and, one game. And you know, one of the, one of the greatest things about Zelda is that I think in terms of side quests, it had pretty weak side quests and I usually yeah. like doing the side quests. But the fact that you could play that game for 100 hours without even really doing side quests, you just go around doing shrines and cook and explore and kill enemies. You know what I mean? It was just, it was, as you said, it was so seamless. Like, you could just go from doing one thing to another. And like, oh, I'm just going to walk in and I'll bowl for a little bit. And then I'll go and, and try and unlock this really secret shrine. And like Eventide mm-hmm. Island, for instance, where you yes. have to drop all of your weapons and just survive on this island. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Because yeah. it was so out there. It was just, like, let's see what's out here. Yeah. And, and completely missable. I did miss it. My friend told me about it, and I yeah. picked up my Switch and did it. So, yeah, I, I agree. That, that Stuff like that is is why I really, I, I was mentioning earlier, I really admire Nintendo for their direction. Because they just do stuff like that. That mm. as I age, I really appreciate in games. Because it's not just about, like, the here's your narrative, here's your gameplay, here's your sound. It's like, we're just going to... Put like throw the paint on the wall and see what yeah. happens. And again, in terms of narrative, it's not like the most crazy, innovative narrative in the world, but it doesn't have to be. It was just mm. like the way the game was executed. You know what? I, I can definitely see why it won now, me thinking about it, because it's been a while since I played Zelda. Um, but talking about Game of the Year, Manny, out of Super Mario, PUBG, Persona 5, and Horizon Zero Dawn, Z- Zelda won. I think it was deserved, um, to be honest. Mm. I, I haven't played PUBG, Persona 5, or Horizon, so it's hard to talk about a lot of these categories, but what, what do you reckon? Mm. All right, let's start off with PUBG, because I think both yeah. you and I can talk about that. Yeah. I respect it's a good game. It's fun as fuck. I've got 40-ish hours into it, so I don't want people to think this is like me just being pissed, but I, I, I just 
am happy it didn't win. And I don't like to say I don't wish for other people's misery and for games to lose and yada, 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 sale, bad sales to happen, unless it's EA or Activision. But anyway, um, PUBG, is a, it's an early access game. If we saw early access win Game of the Year, this was the best game produced and created by our industry this year. Mm. I don't care what, how many hours you have, how much you enjoy the game, just objectively speaking, that would have been so bad for everyone. Because yeah. we complain about unfinished games now. We complain yeah. about microtransactions now. Wait till a PUBG game like that, one game of the year. That would have set a horrendous standard. It, and, and people on the outside looking in who are just, all right, so this game's not fully out yet, and it won. How do you explain that to someone who's new to gaming? You can't. Mm. It just doesn't make sense. So I, I personally, my game of the year pick from that list there would have been Persona 5. Okay. Just because I, I think... Um, and I, I am a little biased. I love the Persona series. I, I should start off with that. But, um, you know, when I look at it, I think it's incredible that the game is 130 hours and it's almost all story, despite, like, the choices you make with your day in, day out that, you know, fluff it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's so much story there and it's all good and it's, more importantly, cohesive. Where How many games have we played that's that long and manages to tie everything together I, I can't and not it. confuse yeah. it? Exactly. It's, in like, maybe The Witcher 3, I think. But even then, I'd say the part in Novigrad with The Witcher 3 is just a big break from everything that's happening. So, you know, the, the Persona 5, to have that constant focus, you're not confused. There's not like a what the fuck kind of moment. You just, you're going along. It's a great story. I, I think not only that, but it's art direction, it's music, gameplay, the advancements it made as a series. It's just all around. I thought that was game of the year. But mm. I, I knew it'd be so dumb of me to think it was actually going to win, though. It was, it was hands down going to be Zelda or Mario. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this is the interesting thing. You look at the description, just, you know, game of the year. And when I think about all the games released this year, the one that got probably the most discussions and, and just, you know, people playing it, it had to have been PUBG. It was so out of the blue. And mm. so many people love it. So many people play it. It's still early access, I get that. But then when you look at the description that the Game Awards gives for game of the year, it says, recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields that's not PUBG, in my opinion I, I know i haven't played it but i've seen a lot of it and i know exactly what it's about you're talking about best experience you across much that's why it's no. so well you just and, know what it is when you watch it and across all creative and technical fields and technical fields for an early access game i, I think is always going to be a hard sell creative absolutely um but in terms of just being a complete game that fits that description yeah, I, I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been there. I think the fact that it was so popular and so out of the blue, I think it should have been there, at least as a nominee. But I, I'm also glad, like, like you, that it didn't win because it probably would have set a bad precedent. And I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, do you think that a game that technically isn't out yet should be in Game of the Year or not? Well, here's the thing. It's not even that. It, it's that, and I know people will say that, well, Fallout 4 won a bunch of Game of the Year awards, but this game is, like, fucking buggy. Like, yeah. it's a, it, it not as bad anymore because it's been continuously updated, but it's, like, there are still some glaring problems with it. It doesn't look good. It, it In fact, it, it plays okay, I'd say. It's it, just a lot of fun. That's the thing. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's unpredictable, yeah. and I think almost it's B-tier type of game is what sells it so well because uh -huh. yeah yeah it's just that type of game and i i get that because like this is gonna sound totally different but i hope people get what i'm reaching for when i say that 
um, with like a, a JRPG. I've, I've been playing this game called Summon Night Six. B tier voice acting across the board, like really no standout roles, but like I'm just kind of enjoying that because I get a kick out of it almost, and and I've been having yeah. a lot of fun with the title because it's, it's kind of happy go lucky. And the one of the fucking main characters sounds like my friend when he talks to his cat. But that, that's the thing. I, I, I just get a kick out of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's almost the thing with PUBG where people it's just this almost crappy nature that makes it so appealing. You know, the guns look awesome. Don't get me wrong. The guns look beautiful. But like the player models, the world itself, uh, the animation, the, there's so many bugs. It's not a game of the year game, in my opinion. Uh, when it's finished, I think next year, maybe. But now it can't be nominated. That's it. It can't. It's it was on? this year. Tough shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Sorry. Yeah. Don't want to sound like an asshole, but uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see whether other outlets like IGN or GameSpot or Kotaku, whoever it is, includes PUBG in their own game of the years. Because I think we're going to get a weird situation where some will and some won't. So you're going to have it being nominated for 2017 and 2018 categories, which I think is just going to be strange. And it's not a PUBG problem it's an early access problem and I think the easy yeah yeah, absolutely the easy answer is to say look you don't consider a game um, that's early access as a game that's been released it's as simple as that and and it hasn't it it technically hasn't it's being it's going to come out of early access December of next year Mm -hmm. so it's got a long way off yeah, I just I, I don't think any early access game, not even PUBG, should be in the the game of the year. Well, the only reason why it was included is because it's so popular, and I get that. But you don't see indie games being included in best indie game if they're early access. N- not really. Maybe there has been a few exceptions. I don't know, but I can't think of any. Can't think of any. You know what I mean? At least so this year. It's like the only reason why this was included is because it was so popular, and I get that. That's fine. Um, but I guess well, if that's you the thing like, not to cut you off, but it just hit me. Like, <clears throat> do you think? Uh... Edith Finch, like, do you think that sold incredibly well? Absolutely you know? not, yeah. So that's the thing. It's like, if PUBG didn't sell well, it, but it was just fun. I mean, I can think of a million games that are fun but didn't sell well. But yeah. it's, like you said, is PUBG just there because it's popular? That's the other thing. It's like, is it a Game of the Award kind of thing? Or G- Game of the Award, Jesus. Game of the Year Award? Mm. Or is it popularity contest? And that's the thing. We don't want to mix up the discussion. It's not that... PUBG, it's not even that PUBG doesn't deserve to be there. It's just I think the, the focus becomes wrong. It sets a bad standard. And, and yeah. we, we've seen already with Battlefront 2 how quickly developers and publishers adopt a shitty practice. Like Paladins by Hi-Rez Studios um, instantly started adopting the um, star card system from Battlefront 2. Yeah. It's an easy way to get microtransactions in. Easy. Yeah. And they're going to kill their, their, their player base instantly. Yeah, and and the other thing as well, it's, I mean, it, it was like people didn't care that this game was in best multiplayer or or whatever, even though it's not technically out yet. They only cared that it was in game of the year. But you can't have it both ways. Like if we're saying that if it isn't out this year and then it doesn't deserve to be in game of the year, then it doesn't deserve to be in any other category. Like if we're saying that an early access game can't be nominated for a best game of whatever category, then it shouldn't be. Um, and again, this is why I think it's going to be a weird scenario where next year I think you'll have PUBG still nominated for Best Multiplayer because that's when it's technically out. It's 2018, not this so, year. So, wait, do you think... Uh, I might misunderstood. Do you think it should be in, like, Best Multiplayer this year? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm so torn. Um, that's the thing, yeah. It's like, well, what about that part of the discussion? It's like, it can't be Game of the Year, but can it be a Best of category, like, genre? 
Look, uh, I guess maybe just because I, I I worry with game of the year. That's where you see like the the precedent set for years to come. We look at Skyrim, we look at The Witcher three, like how many games start taking inspiration from those because they won so many awards, right? So yeah, you look at PUBG, it's popularity. Look at how Fortnite turned its game around the most unexpected title, just flipping the switch, boom, different. And that's the thing. Like I enjoy Fortnite way more over PUBG, and I would never say Fortnite should be. You know, Fortnite's got a single player component too, where you can do PVE shit. And it's much more flushed out than PUBG. But it's like I'm not gonna sit there and go put that up for Game of the Year. Yeah, I just can't. I just can't do it. I just don't think of that when I think Game of the Year. Maybe best multiplayer. I think. But even then, again, like if you're saying that it shouldn't be in in Game of the Year because it's not complete, then it can't be in best multiplayer. It's tough. Yeah. I'd, I'd say probably at the end of the day, that's what I'd narrow down myself. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess you could say, I, I don't want there to be a category of best early access game. I think that's silly. But, mm-hmm. and even again, it doesn't, I, I don't think it belongs in best ongoing game because it's it hasn't been out for much long, you know? If, if you're going to do a best early access game, make it one of those flyby categories. Yeah. Just let it go. Just be like, all right, yeah, by the way, PUBG won best early access. It's not, it should not be a spotlight because we've seen what happens with like Steam green light and shit. It just it sucks. Mm. Look, I, I, and I get why. Look, it, let's be honest. The only reason why it was included is because it's so popular. And that's mm-hmm. fine. I completely get that. But you don't have any other early access games included. And then because they're not popular, and that's the only reason why. I don't think there's anything wrong with just saying, well, look, let's just wait until next year. To it when it's technically out and just include it in the in the categories then and it's probably going to yeah. win then it probably has more of a chance to win next year because oh, yeah. it's more complete when they have more maps way more weapons and yeah, shit. yeah and, and there aren't really as many bugs chance. and that's when i think fortnite will be out so we might have like an interesting kind of category yeah for fortnite will be out of early access i should say so that that does it for our game of the year section holy yeah, crap that was 20 a, minutes that was a long show that's literally the this show itself, but we still got a couple of tiny segments we'll go over, a little baby segments. Sure. Um, have you played Mega Man Loan? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? None whatsoever. Uh, back in the day, yeah, not not much. Okay. Okay. Like I'm not gonna say you're an act like a big Mega Man fan. Like I'm the weird Mega Man fan because I liked X Command Mission, which for those out there who don't know, it is a strategy RPG based off the Mega Man universe, so good. Like, Mega Man mm-hmm. Battle Network, fucking love that game. I'm surprised you haven't played that one long. You, you look like a Battle Network kind of guy. Do I? Uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah, I just look at you, I'm like, that guy likes Battle <laughs> uh, But Mega Man is returning in the, this week's news. Capcom surprised everyone and said, yeah, it's coming out late 2018. And on top of that, what caught me off guard was not Mega Man 11, but the resurrection of the Mega Man X series. So there is a Mega Man series, and then there is Mega Man X. And they're doing 1 through 8 remastered, which are games from the PS1 to maybe the NES, I'm not 100% sure, and the PS2. I fucking love Mega Man X7 and X8. And in X6, you get a saber. I fucking love that. So, I'm really pumped. And and in X8, you can play as Zero, you can play as Axel. Dude, I'm fucking hyped. You can in X7. Well, but... Yes. This was... This was better than most things that came out of the Game Awards in the terms of announcements for me. Because I, I love the X series, and I'm excited to play, uh, or at least try out, the, the rest of the Mega Man series. Lone, was this anything you're uh, you know, raising an eyebrow at, saying, maybe I'll try out Mega Man now? You don't have to play any of the previous games. Are you still still not feeling it? My head's shaking. I know no one can see, but no, no, no. 
No. Sorry, Maddie. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> upset. I'm, you know, just disappointed. Uh, but <laughs> in all actuality, though, are you just not into side scrollers or? No, it's not even that I'm, that I'm not into side scrollers. It's just it's not into Mega Man. I'm not into Mega Man, and it's kind of like I'm not into Mega Man. Like I'm not into superhero games. I just I just don't play them. Like Batman, Super uh, Spider Man. I just love movies like that, and I just don't play them. And I feel the same way about Mega okay. Man and some other games. I don't know what no, it is. You, you, we all have our games where we just like like a lot of people will get excited for them, and then mm. some people will just be like, eh. and you're like, I just kind of wish I got the magic on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I kind of feel the same way to an extent about fighting games too. I just yeah. I'm into my yeah yeah. No, I mean that's that's awesome that you're you're into your own thing and you know that. I mean, there are yeah. a lot of people who try to go out, play everything, hate it, give shitty uh, reviews for it. It's like that's arguably worse, but at least they're giving it a try. They just take it too far, but hey, Mega Man's coming back. That's <laughs> always awesome. I have no idea what I'm gonna title this podcast. I made a video about the the Game Awards this week, and then it could be about the announcements or. Yeah, I'm just oh. like my hot take on on the game wars. Clickbait like, that shit. Sunday. PUBG doesn't deserve yeah. game of the year. <laughs> yeah, forty question marks with like a fuck that stamp on my on my thumbnail. And then you have like um, the serious thinking vault boy. Yeah, right. Yeah, just great, Maddie. Thumbnail. Like, yeah, I was gonna say that's that's my art. That's my art. There's a vault boy for everything. Of course, vault boy for everything. Destiny 2 locks out main game content with its brand new Trials of Osiris DLC. You can no longer acquire the Platinum Trophy now unless you own this DLC. So can you explain to me exactly how it locked out content? Because I, uh, ex- I, I was seeing people complain about it on Twitter, but I, I, I just couldn't imagine that they would just take content that was there away and put it behind a paywall. Like, there must be... Like some sort of indirect way that that happened, and if I'm wrong, well, I'm wrong about that. The biggest outcry is that it just came out on PC, and with this update, they have drastically changed the playing field. Where now players who had just bought the game for sixty dollars are buying even more content. So I'm going to read an article from Gamespot. Okay. Uh, so many pop-ups. Holy crap! As was the case with the Dark Below DLC for the original Destiny. You're kidding me. It happened again. There's there was a first time. Bungie has effectively locked Destiny 2 owners out of some activities they previously had access to if they had not purchased Curse of Osiris. So I apologize, it was not Trials Curse. The expansion launched earlier this week and many, and among many other things increased the level and power level caps, resulting in a corresponding increase to level requirements for select modes. As a result, those who have not purchased Curse of Osiris suddenly find themselves unable to take part in things they could just play a few days ago. This affects a number of areas in the game, the Prestige Knight's Fall, has seen its power level cap requirement increase to a point that non-DLC owners cannot reach, rendering it inaccessible. The same is true for the prestige version of the Leviathan Raid, which means it's not possible to earn the achievement slash trophy for completing a prestige nightfall or raid. Additionally, one of the three meditations offered by Ikora this week is from Curse of Osiris, meaning those without the DLC only have two they can play. The same problem could potentially hit the standard Nightfall in the future, featuring an Osiris Strike, which would mean only DLC owners have access for that week. The Heroic Strike playlist from Destiny 1 was also introduced to Destiny 2 for the first time this week. It seemingly could have been added for everyone to help compensate for the loss of the aforementioned modes, but it was restricted to Curse of Osiris owners. Holy crap, this is way deeper than I actually thought. Damn. At this point, Crucible is largely unaffected as new playlists 
have been introduced. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not played Destiny, Crucible, I think is like the the PvP aspect. Mm. Uh, as new playlists have been introduced for Osiris owners to be able to play the new maps, it's unclear at this point if, for instance, trials will be limited to some players if an Osiris map is featured during a given event. As you'd expect, players are incredibly angry, flocking to places like Reddit to express their mm. frustration, particularly in light how long the game has been out, about three months or closer to six weeks on PC, as I was mentioning earlier. There are complaints about already having limited access to content. Players have described the expansion as feeling more like a subscription fee required to continue making use of the full game rather than optional DLC. This anger surfaces not long after another incident incited rage of the fan base. Players recently discovered, and we talked about this last week alone, you weren't here, an undisclosed system that throttled the amount of XP that could be earned from certain XP, from certain activities. Bungie subsequently disabled this and vowed to improve its communication, though this latest discovery involving DLC has further hurt the studio's reputation with fans. So essentially, it increases the, the DLC increases the level and the power level caps for certain modes, and mm-hmm. the only Can't way to get, get to those particular power levels is to have the mm-hmm. DLC. So let's say very simply, it was you had to get to level 50 for this mission, um, and then the DLC increased it to level 60, and the only way to get to level 60 is to get the DLC. So effectively, you're locked out of that mode. That's my understanding yeah, of it. Exactly. Yeah, that's... I feel bad. It sucks, bro. Like, I, I think the biggest thing is, like I said, PC owners who just bought this game and they're already getting clocked. Like, I can't imagine it's cheap DLC. It's fucking Destiny. What blows my mind is, I, I've said this before, and people are like, oh, it's not that bad. But now it's we're seeing the XP throttling. We're seeing this with the DLC. Uh, we've seen shitty practices, I guess, in the past with Destiny 1, where the article just mentioned it. I just can't believe this is the same company that made the Halo trilogy and Halo Reach. Like... I just don't see a, a fraction yeah. of the soul from that company. I loved Halo 1 through 3, and I still do. And maybe that was just lightning in a bottle and no one knew it. But those games were spectacular, and it's like they didn't have shitty practices. They were, well, that, just they were kind of games. different yeah, to, to yeah. Destiny as well. So Yeah, I guess. And it's like, Man, you know, I know it's a, a little bit of a stigma to hate on Destiny. A lot of people like it, and I respect that. I'm glad that if you do play Destiny, enjoy it. That's that's awesome. Mm. But I mean, this, these types of practices, man, they just—you wonder—is it Activision? Is it Bungie? Like, I don't, I don't know, because some of them are just the developer sees it like XP throttling. They knowingly did it. They came out and admitted, like, we did this, and we need to be more honest about that. Yeah. So, like, they they straight up said we held back XP because what would happen, Lone, if you didn't catch the news was. If you repeated certain activities, they like cut your XP in half. Because so, like know, those activities were more. easy to grunt, yeah. Yeah. And I get that, but it's like when you're paying sixty dollars for a game, give them the unlimited access. You know, they, they don't don't cut them off, don't treat it like an arcade machine or something like that. Yeah. I mean so, th- those yeah. ones are always tough. I I think what was it? It was Star Wars that only like with certain modes you can only play them for so long and then it's like yeah, now come back arcade. tomorrow to earn more XP. And and yeah, the more, thinking more behind credits that credits earned in fifteen hours or yeah, something. Yeah, like yeah. And and the thinking behind that is to prevent bots and people like unfairly getting to a really high level and having such an advantage over other people. Um so that's a that's a catch twenty two. But in terms of taking away content that was previously there, I mean that uh, it does suck. And I, I don't I can't explain I can't explain the rationale behind why that happened and Maybe someone that's more uh, knowledgeable of Destiny can explain it to me a little bit better, but 
quite simply, and and this is why headlines have have come out about it. It's content that was there is not there anymore. Like, ha- yeah. how else can you explain that? Yeah, it's just it's one of those moments where uh, actually what I'm doing right now, people can't fucking see it, but like I'm just rubbing my eye, the inside of my eye, just like why. Why does this have to be but a topic? Did, did like... people not get angry about this the first time? Because I, my guess is if people got so angry about it the first time that there's no way that they would do it a second time. But it's uh, – because I don't remember people getting angry about this the first time. Mind you, I wasn't that into Destiny then either. But I feel like we would have heard about it. But maybe – I mean, that, see, that's the thing. It's like the same thing with this bit of news. It was one of those that I almost casually scrolled by because I was like, I'm not surprised and I, I don't – it's almost like I wonder if people don't make noise about it just because it's like okay, yeah. it's Destiny, it's it's Activision, it's Bungie. Like this is this sad standard now. Um, I don't know, man. It's just it's crazy to me that they do something like that. A, not even because they've done it in the past, but a week ago, a week ago, they just made a public post talking about how they need to be more honest, more mm. upfront, and what do they do? They lock out content. I agree. I can't imagine this was like intentional, but uh, I mean, what else can you say when this has been out for a decent amount of time now? Well, I'm trying to search for articles that that explains it, but I. God damn, god damn, right? I, I don't know. I don't know what the. I, I, maybe there isn't an explanation, Maddie. Maybe I'm just too <sighs> too hopeful. Fuck man. I mean, at least we got a good hour and twenty minutes of good discussion in before we hopped into some depressing game news. But why do we always uh, have the negative stuff? I don't like talking about negative stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know it's not good for your brain. You gotta. It's not you gotta, good for my health. We we just for ourselves. Yeah, we, for our health. We literally need to just have a, a good couple of podcasts in a row <laughs> where we just fuck the news. Let's talk about. And now's a good time, especially with, with with holidays coming up. I think we should actually look into doing that. That would be really good for us. Yeah. Because, you know, with just so much – I was saying this to Carrick last week. It just blows my mind that, like, we usually have a, a slowdown period by this point in the year where there's not much news, but it's like developers and publishers are consistently doing stupid shit to this point in the year. It's like, don't you guys take a couple of days off from this? As Joseph Farris would say, publishers fuck up, man. They fuck up, all right? It happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a source I'll take to heart, you know? <laughs> I mean, he works with them. <laughs> I'm still laughing about that on the inside. <laughs> I love him. We got we got to get him on. That'd be a great oh guest to start God, off 2018. Joseph Ferris. So, I think everyone's going to want to get him on their podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He definitely made a name for himself there. That game <laughs> increased in sales. Have you seen what happened to the the wiki page? Oh, people. With, uh, yeah, yeah. That was some crazy fucking, shit on there. Yeah, just it, it makes no sense. Like the the related sources is just Crash Bandicoot two, Vortex Strikes Back, like copying <laughs> over and over for like, it's one of the biggest wiki pages I've seen in my life, bro. It's it's fucking ridiculous what people are doing, and it's like, I, I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know why. Like I don't know if people just didn't like him or if they're doing it like as in joining in the fun. I think they're joining in the fun, absolutely. Yeah. Well, regardless. Destiny 2 getting itself in another pile of shit. We'll see if they bring a shovel this time or if they just take another crap in their pants. Last bit of news. This is happy. This is great. Stardew Valley's coming to the PS Vita. Here you go. Remember, Biggest news of the day. I remember when 
I first looked into Stardew Valley. It was on sale on the on PC. Yep. And I was like, oh man, this looks like a great Vita game. And I was like, this looks like one I want to play in bed. I want to play this on the go. I was like, this would be perfect. I looked it up. I remember seeing a Reddit thread talking about, would there be a, a version that comes to PS4 or PS Vita? And people were like, no, the way the guy developed the game, the way the guy uh, programmed it, there's no way this happens. It's just, you know, different lines of code. Yada, yada, yada. Experts, I'm like, man. Yeah, I was just like, oh, man, there has, and it's been, it was out for a decent amount of time at that point where I was like, oh, there's no way it's coming. Yeah. And then they brought it to the PS4. I'm like, oh, I'm not buying it yet. Hold on. They came to the Switch. I'm like, oh, oh it's close. And yeah, now yeah. Stardew Valley on the Vita next year. That's support, baby. That's support. Are you going to buy it, it genuinely? I don't want to wait, but like I love getting trophies, yep. and I I I want to maybe get it on PS4 because my friend has it, and they're adding the new multiplayer mode yeah. to it. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah. So I might just cave in, but I still want to talk about it because I'm I'm glad that they're supporting it. I'll probably fucking buy it. Actually, no, no, no. There's cross save. I forgot about that. There's cross save. So maybe there's cross buy. Hold on. I should do my research before the podcast. No, that's fine. And, and, <laughs> Here's the thing about Stardew Valley. I liked it, um, and I and I've played it a bit on the Switch, but it's one of those games. And I think it was Nova that said this to me before I started really getting into it. But he said that it's one of those games where you you play it for a little bit in one day. Like it's not like you play it for two three hours at a time. And maybe some people do, but I I, I felt the exact same way. Like I'll sit down on a train, do some do some farming, do some mining, whatever it is, and I'll feel okay with it you know for a couple of hours and then i'll come back into it and that's why it fits so nicely with a handheld because you can do that you know what i mean like i could imagine you maddie just you you put when you're bored for five minutes you pull out your vita you, you do some gardening yeah. whatever it is go to sleep and then you'll play it again in a couple of hours it's just exactly that's right. the beauty of it exactly that's what i love about these style of games like a harvest moon or uh yeah. animal crossing i think it is like yeah. you, you flip open your game hour tops chip away i mean there are people who like grinded this game out because there's like oh, absolutely you can explore yeah i'm looking right now and it says uh this is an article by polygon the good news is that the vita version will be cross by compatible with nice. the ps4 version meaning it won't require a second purchase which is great so a lot of ps4 owners already already have will it. be getting that vita version which is i think it's a smart choice because you already know there's not a lot of vitas out there why yeah divide that even more the bad news is that the vita port won't include the multiplayer update that's coming to stardew valley uh, Stardew Valley's multiplayer features include the ability to recruit friends as farmhands and the option to marry other players. Multiplayer is coming, nice. but it's going to take a little longer to implement than originally expected. We've been planning to launch a multiplayer beta before the end of this year, but we're pushing that back to Q1 2018 for polish and QA. Totally fine. I think we should all support that in games. And yeah, that's that's the latest Stardew Valley update. So I guess they've been talking about doing a Vita version for a while, according to that article, but can we, can we talk coming. about just, it like, the, the the business reasons behind why they would put this out on the PS Vita? The only thing that I can think of is that the Vita is still very popular. I guess relatively popular in Japan. There has to be a market somewhere. There has well, no, and, and that's what I'm assuming that the market is. And maybe, you know, PS4 players that also have the PS Vita, they're, like, cross-play and cross-buy and all that. Um, I, I, I think... I don't know. Uh, part of it is... And I don't know if you can statistically factor this. I, I don't know if maybe you look at Vita sales and maybe there's a, a certain amount of copies specifically sold on Vita combined, uh, when you look at expectations versus actual sales numbers where 
there's a lot of passionate owners out there who just buy shit on the Vita because they want to keep it alive because they love the system. They yeah. think it has potential and it's just kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they look at it and say like, okay, we can at least get X amount of copies on this here. And uh, I mean, obviously that's the, the premise of any port to a system. But I think with the Vita specifically, I think they expect maybe a little bit more than what their projections are because yeah. there's that fan base that will just buy it. And I plus, think also, I, I don't it's know, just another place to play it. I, I don't know whether porting it to the Switch made it easier to actually port it then to the PS Vita. Like, I, I haven't done the research to see whether the PS Vita and Switch, in terms of architecture, use, like, the same mobile chips and all that, so it just makes hmm. ports kind of seamless. Maybe that's behind it as well. Like, I, I, I couldn't imagine that they would have gone straight to PS, from PS4 and PC to PS Vita, and maybe the Switch in between helped that transition. Um, but in terms of just yeah, I, I think it's it's great for people that have a PS Vita, but I think it's a weird decision, especially this late in the game with a PS Vita. Like yeah, I, I would expect it's it to come to, to a 3DS. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, I mean, I'm not complaining, man. No, no it's it's I'm nothing to complain excited. about. It's just a, it's a <clears throat> curious thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm I'm definitely wondering. I don't want to say why, because I mean, the game I just picked up, Summon Night. Uh, it's on PS4, but they have a Vita version for $20 cheaper. I was like, I'll get it on Vita. Get it, looks, it, you know, it looks fucking beautiful on it. So yeah. it's like, why not? Do you do you find yourself playing the Vita more or less than the Switch? I'm assuming less. Yeah, less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I still love my Vita, but the Switch is... Uh, and I, I say it, I said it, and I stick to my word with that, that the Switch was the console for me. It, I oh, love handheld gaming. I love portable gaming. And I love the console experience on the go that the Vita offered in this best of both worlds dude i was so. um on a flight which took up to 20 hours the other week and i had skyrim on my switch and a portable charger the best shit yeah. in the world man it's insane it's, it's insane, insane. I, I just that but then i know i treat it like a handheld more than a docked home console yeah because xenoblade chronicles 2 like that's apparently a really good rpg that just dropped on the switch um and I have yet to pick it up because the, the best way to play it, they say, is docked. It drops to horrible frame rates when you play it on the go. And it's like, well, I play my Switch predominantly on the go. Yeah. Like 95% of the time, except for Zelda for testing and for Mario Rabbits for testing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that's just like the best thing about it. It's like, take it on the go. <laughs> it's fucking all. I think there was a. What's a portable charger like? I meant to ask that. Uh. You... The problem is, is that it's so hard to find. Even the Switch's actual AC adapter, it's so hard to find a portable charger that charges the Switch as you play. And mm. I don't know which one's out there because I thought I did the research. I'm like, yeah, it has over three volts outs or whatever. Like it's really high, and it charges my phone really fast, and it actually charges my phone on the go um, as you use it. But mm. it doesn't charge your Switch. Or it doesn't charge my Switch. Sorry, as I play it, um, but it charges it really fast when it's not being played. But it does like at least prevent the the percentage battery go down too fast as you play. Um, so it, it, it's all right. It, it's not a perfect scenario, but yeah. Okay. That's the only issue with the switch is, I, I maybe there is a, a magical portable charger out there that has such great voltage out that charges it as a, as you can play it. But I haven't found it. Yeah, all right. Well, that's just something I was wondering because I'm hoping. For Christmas, I get uh, one of those carrying cases because that's the first thing I need. I didn't even know they had portable chargers for it. Yeah, well, so, I reckon just get a. Because I'm sure you'd use a portable charger for your phone. Like I use it for my phone. My I got um 
Bluetooth headset, so I uh, headphones, sorry, so I use it for that. I use it for everything. Mm. And then I just smart. have my Switch. There. The Bluetooth headphones are, are really smart because yeah. my my Beats, I use them at the gym only, and like some days I forget to take them out of my gym bag and charge them. Yeah. So this is that's definitely something I got to look into. So this shit charges everything. What the fuck is this? No, no, it, it's USB. It, it, well, it, it's just USB. Okay. It's, here's the thing. I've got a, a USB, like a regular USB micro. I think that's it. That's it. And then I've got like a little adapter where you plug it in and then it becomes a USB-C. So you, I charge everything with it. Okay. It's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. And I guess the Switch uses USB? USB-C. Yeah. I so, didn't know that. It's okay. USB, I think it's USB-A to USB-C. I can't remember the fucking... That reminds me. I was trying to put my Switch in its dock and like for some reason it wasn't charging. I was freaking out. I was like, fuck, oh, bro. Shit. I think my dock's busted. Yeah. And like I just got out of the right angle. It starts charging. And I guess in the meantime, oh, no. I knocked over my gunners, my, my gaming glasses... And so I stand up while you're just like that. I'm like, oh, fuck. I fucking broke him. Look. Oh, no. You guys can't see this, but yeah, the fucking arm's gone. It's Dude, just, your, your tracer glasses, they're destroyed. Yeah, I know. No more memes. <laughs> These are so helpful, too. I have to order a new pair because they, they really. They help like, with computer screens and stuff? Yeah, dude. They, they actually, like, I know some people are like, it's a placebo, but, like, I just, I, I, I think they're incredibly helpful because yeah you can feel like the tension kind of just lift from your eyes and and you can focus for longer periods of time it's not even like i need these gunners to put them on and i can't focus anymore without them because that would be a placebo yeah but it's more so like when i put them on i can feel the difference yeah fair enough fair enough oh man all right so at least we talked a decent amount about other shit so um title doesn't have to be a repeat this week (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this has been great. Hopefully, next week, all three all of us three can of us. sit down and enjoy a nice show together. Absolutely. Just as the three amigos. All and, right. and positive news stories. Yes, yes. <laughs> that would be excellent, too. It's getting to be the holiday season now. It is the holiday season. Let's let's fucking kick up the happiness. Absolutely. Um, all right. So that'll do it for me. Lone, any final words? No, thank you for listening. And apologies for being away for two weeks. I had other things on, unfortunately. Mm. That's the way life is. Yeah. Oh, and uh, hashtag. This time I remembered, not Carrick. Hashtag. Fuck the Oscars. (laughs) I got to keep it going. All right, fine. Keep keep it going. If you listen this deep, let us know by tagging at Lone Vault Wander or at G27Status or Jeremy Penter or all of us Mm. on Twitter and use the hashtag (coughs) fuck the Oscars. I'm searching. I like how I do all these like little visual things as if like I'm people are looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's just you and I. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed, and we will catch you guys next week. See ya.